This episode is brought to you by CLA. Here's your money briefing for Wednesday, March 1st. I'm J.R. Whalen for The Wall Street Journal. When is a layoff not a layoff? Companies, most notably those in the tech sector, have been making staff reductions recently as a way to rein in costs. But when they make announcements regarding staff changes, many companies choose their words carefully to avoid the L word. A layoff can hurt a company's reputation. It could jar employees. It could hurt a company's culture. There are many reasons why a company wouldn't want to go to that drastic step of a big workforce reduction. So what tactics are companies employing to shed workers without the workers feeling, well, wronged? Chip Cutter covers workplace and management issues for the WSJ. He'll join us after the break. When it comes to planning for the future, taxes and wealth advisory tend to be viewed as two separate conversations. But some things are just better together. That's why at Clifton Larson Allen, they call it 12th. Here's Clayton Bland, Chief Wealth Advisory Officer at CLA. More often than not, all of the decision-making around the tax relationship are predicated on things that have happened in the past. An investment advisory relationship would be something that's looking at, hey, what are your future goals? How can we allocate capital to help you achieve those goals? So when we talk about 12th, tax and wealth together, that's really what we provide at CLA with that combination of both professionals. It provides for the necessary information to make the decision that will have the best impact on you, both from a goal standpoint of my portfolio and also from a tax consequence standpoint of when I file my tax return. Visit claconnect.com for more insights from Clifton Larson Allen. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Investment advisory services are offered through Clifton Larson Allen Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. We often hear about layoffs as a way for companies to reduce staff and save money. But many companies are finding other ways to thin their ranks and not classify them as layoffs. Wall Street Journal workplace and management reporter Chip Cutter looked into that, and he joins me now. Hey, Chip, thanks very much for being with us. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, Chip, the idea of finding ways to let workers go without actually laying them off, that isn't new, right? It's not. Companies have long had ways of pushing employees out without firing them. They could reorganize teams or require employees to report to a new boss or make them take on a new project. All of those changes could prompt staffers to look elsewhere for work. Okay, so what's going on now that's different? Well, right now we're seeing a wave of high-profile layoffs, particularly among white-collar workers. But a number of companies are taking other approaches to manage their workforces. And so some are adding new restrictions on remote work, Others are stepping up scrutiny and performance reviews, and some companies are requiring staffers to relocate across the country to keep their jobs if they're going to close certain offices. Now, you mentioned performance reviews. How do they play into this? Well, performance reviews can really determine whether someone wants to stay at a company or not. And I think an interesting example here is that the Facebook and Instagram parent Meta, the company has issued thousands of subpar performance reviews in recent weeks. And some people inside the company have told us that they see this as a sign that those workers may want to go elsewhere then. And so a tough performance review or putting someone on a performance improvement plan, whatever that might be, all of that can be sort of a signal to workers about their value within an organization. And I think some employees may say, rather than put up with this or after a tough review, I'm just going to go elsewhere and look for another job. 
So what rights do employees have in a situation like that? Well, employees don't have a lot of rights in most American workplaces. This is at-will employment, and a company is free to change the terms or review workers however they would like. What power workers have is to look for jobs elsewhere. This is still a tough labor market. It's a 3.4% unemployment rate. It's still very tight historically. So workers could look for jobs elsewhere. Of course, some don't want to do that. And I think the kind of layoffs that we've seen at a number of high-profile companies have spooked some employees. We've heard from a number of employers that attrition is down, for example, because people just may not feel like this is the time to look for other work. So there is a shift in the balance of power that's happening across the corporate sphere. Now, how much does this have to do with the sharp hiring increases that we saw during the pandemic? Well, companies really ramped up hiring in the pandemic. We saw a number of companies say repeatedly they just couldn't find enough people. They were desperate to get new people in the door. So many companies now feel reluctant to admit that they hired too quickly in the pandemic or incorrectly forecast growth. And so some of them are now looking to correct. And that could be behind some of these moves that some have said are sort of thinly disguised layoffs. One economist told me it's very much a layoff without calling it a layoff. Yeah. So is there a stigma associated with layoffs? Why would companies try to avoid that term when it comes to staffing changes? Well, a layoff can hurt a company's reputation. It could jar employees. It could hurt a company's culture. There are many reasons why a company wouldn't want to go to that drastic step of a big workforce reduction. And so I think some of these other tactics, though, can be a way to thin out the workforce without going to the step of a layoff. And one former HR person told me that not singling people out in a layoff can also prevent a company from being sued. If people you know, would be unhappy in a layoff, but if they sort of choose to go on their own, they may not sort of feel the desire to really sort of hold the company accountable. It could all just sort of change the factors here. Oh, so the workers feel less wronged? That's right. Employees may feel less wronged if they sort of willingly choose to go somewhere else versus being subject to a layoff that forces them out the door. You know, during the pandemic, we talked a lot about how the balance of power had shifted from managers to workers. What does that balance look like now? The balance is changing once again, particularly at white collar companies. CEOs and other executives do feel like the labor market is shifting a bit and that they're able to impose some of their own preferences on the workforce. So we see that in some of the return to office announcements, for example. Companies like Disney and Amazon have recently put out edicts saying that workers will be required in the office a certain number of days a week. And so these are all signs that companies now feel a little more emboldened to push for changes that they may have wanted earlier in the pandemic, but felt they couldn't do because they were so nervous about losing people. If bosses feel like the labor market is softening a bit now, they may not just be as concerned that any of these moves might cause people to quit. So where have these staff reductions been happening? It seems like the reductions that get the most attention are the ones happening in the tech sector. Most of the reductions have come from the tech sector. We've seen just so many tech companies, which expanded so much in the pandemic, start to sort of pull back a little bit, slow hiring and have these layoffs. But we are seeing layoffs trickle into other parts of the economy too. We've seen manufacturing companies, we've seen big consumer names, retailers and others announce layoffs. So it's not just limited to tech at this point, but tech certainly has gotten the most attention. All right, that's Wall Street Journal reporter Chip Cutter. Chip, thank you very much for being with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And that's your Money Briefing. I'm J.R. Whalen for The Wall Street Journal.
This episode is brought to you by CLA.